What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, and you are listening to episode number 29. And uh, I wanted him. He's finally here. Uh, it took a while, you know, due to scheduling, but I have a very special guest with me, uh, the man himself from Cringe Humor. Um, a man who represents me in my career, so he's very important. Uh, David Kimowitz, uh, thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you, Paul. Happy right. to be here with Good. the, uh, the yes. Verzi Effectors out there. The Verzi Effectors. And um, I was talking to Dave um, while we were just eating a Grimaldi's in Hoboken. Um, as my uh, listeners know, I'm not a big fan of New Jersey. And I know you, which I did not know which you before not, you told you, me that. Which I'm glad you didn't tell me. I may have uh, reconsidered our relationship. <laughs> well, you know, me and uh, Dave seem to have been on the same page from from day one. So today we kind of we kind of find out we have differences. But I did say this, and I'm not lying. I said on the way in here today because I picked my wife up from Newark Airport, and I decided to meet Dave here in Hoboken. I told my wife. As we were driving, if I were to live in the state of New Jersey, it would probably be Hoboken because I don't know so much with a family, only because it's yeah. like you know it's it's almost like it's a city. And but I do think I think the atmosphere is great. Where we ate today, Grimaldi's, by the way, unbelievable. Pizza. Oh my god! I didn't realize how good it was. Actually, I I, I know Grimaldi's was good, but that was that was pretty amazing. That was pizza. and and he he hit a home run. He said, you know what? We're gonna go half regular. And we're gonna go half fresh garlic and half and sausage, and it was the pie. It was the that pie. That is the pie. Yes, uh, four eleven Washington Street. Four eleven Washington Street, Grimaldi's in Hoboken. See, Grimaldi's, the original Grimaldi's, is under the Brooklyn Bridge. Right, and that's the famous Grimaldi's. I ate there once. Yes, but they, the original guy, moved to Hoboken. Even before I was here, they have they've had a place here, and they opened up a second one, and the one under the bridge is closing. So. If you if you like Grimaldi's and you don't want to wait on a line and you want to get a pitcher of beer with that with that pizza, come to Hoboken. Oh, uh, see, see, this is the thing. This is why you know. Not only do I love these guys as my managers, but this is why I'm glad that like I I am friends with uh, Chris and Dave. Um, Chris uh, Talia is obviously not here. He'll be on the show in the future. But these guys he are... would have just gotten in the way of things, most likely. <laughs> Uh, the typical dig. It's, I love watching these guys go at it. It's hilarious. But they're so big on food. Um, they're so big on food. And, and that's like an ongoing joke. Like you can literally say, like I said to Chris Italia the other day, I go, Chris, I just had, you know, uh, unbelievable pierogies at Lola in Cleveland. And he goes, mm -hmm. oh, they're awful. <laughs> oh, they're off. No, like that's Chris terrible. Too. That's terrible. Yeah. What are you talking? He gets. He almost no, gets offended. No, no yeah, he, you don't want to go. Yeah, there. no, no, you don't want to go there. Listen, I'll tell you the best. You want to know where the best are? You go to this place in Brooklyn. It's always some like <laughs> back alley. Of course. You know way, but uh, which is good that Chris and and the truth is I do actually value Chris's opinion. Oh no, he's five for five for he, me. He is spot on, and uh, I'm someone who comes from uh, you know I crave and love food to a detriment. Yeah, and. Um, Chris and I often will trade secrets on places to eat, and and I and he's he usually is pretty spot on. I joke with him about being a food snob, but I do have to say he's recommended five places, and he's five for five. Nice, he's five for five. Nice. Uh, you as well, man. You've nailed it. You know today and and the other time went. You know even the burger in the city you nailed. Oh yeah, um, five. We went to Five Napkin. On the we went to West. Five Napkin. That's pretty good. I'm I'm also a bit of a burger guy as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You I are. I try to seek out the burgers, but pizza I kind of go crazy for. Sadly. You're an, you're a you're a pizza 
nut. Yeah, anywhere I go, whatever city I go to, I, I want to know what their best pizza is, and I try to go there. <laughs> and I just, uh, I just got back from Chicago with my girlfriend. Did you go to some I'd deep I've never dish? been to Chicago before. Yeah, so she she brought me to a place called uh, Lou Malnati's, and good. I it was all right, but to me, it reminded me of. Pizza Hut growing up, like I, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't. I think there's a big difference to me, and I would, I made fun of. I would say that Chicago pizza is uh, tomato cheese casserole, and what right. we eat is, <laughs> is pizza. So you gotta have that. right, right. No, you know what though? The comparison you just made about Pizza Hut is true because anytime you eat deep dish or thick bready pizza, yeah, that's what you think of. Yeah, because that's what we exactly. know here and over here. Right, and obviously it's better. But I at deep dish as a kid, I remember, and I did like it was getting that big pan with the the pizza, yeah, hut, which yeah. is. Obviously filthy and disgusting. So I'm going to put you on the spot now as somebody who's a food, you know, especially a pizza nut. What do you, if you had to go top three greatest pizza that you've ever had, top three, where would you go? I know Frank Pepe's yeah. going to be in there, right? Well, yeah. Right now, my heart is with Frank Pepe's and I knew. <laughs> my, my heart <laughs> is with, like he's talking about a child. <laughs> like, like he's talking, my oh, heart that's has sweet, to go. delicious. Oh, that's that, great. Yeah, so it's you go, a, so you go Pepe's one. Pepe's one. If you go there, it's just the history with it. That oh. that oven is from 1926, and it's massive, and it, you just feel it, and and it's the coal under. You see the coal on the pie, and it's just yeah, it's, 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 it's remarkable. Okay. That's that's number one. <laughs> and I, it's sadly whatever oh. direction I'm going past New Haven, or now that they've expanded, I make sure that I stop and get one. Like if I'm going to Boston, yeah. I make sure I bring one to a friend. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stop and bring you a That's pie. That's hysterical. <laughs> that from is... Pepe's, or yeah. and vice versa. It's the last time I went, I was on my way home and I picked up a pie and brought it home. And the, oh my god, this is so hilarious. The words you've used, my heart is with, and remarkable. Okay, you guys uh, make fun of me with big words. That's great, but um, okay, so you go Pepe's one. Yeah, number two is if you're a New York guy, you go out to Brooklyn. There's a place called Defara's in Midwood, Brooklyn, and uh, this place is also, it's just a hole in the wall, but there's an old man there named Dominic who's been running this place for years, and he's the only person who's ever made the pie there still to this day. No one else makes the pizza but him. Wow. And he's kind of like this pizza savant old man oh, where it's wow. just process, and the lines are, are astronomical. Out, out they're, the they're so long, unless you get there at the right time, 4 o'clock. The forest? That's when you want to go, of course, because I know. Uh, but not everyone has that lifestyle. Dave will tell you where to park. If you go around, if you go around, there's a spot. All right, so so you got one, two, and then what would you go three? Grimaldi's? Right now, Grimaldi's, I was actually pretty impressed. I, I, I would put in the conversation, but my favorite, other favorite place in the city is this uh, place called Ruberosa. Ruberosa, uh, yeah, you were mentioning that. Yeah, it's that's it's down in uh, Nolita area. It's, it's Incredible. Back, no, Soho, Soho. Soho neighborhood. It's from a guy whose his father was a was a Staten Island guy, and it's just thin, delicious. The yeah. meatballs. Have, have you remarkable. noticed this as a pizza as a pizza fan? And I, I love pizza too. Have you noticed that the thinner the crust, the better. Thinner the better. Yeah, exactly. I agree. That's that's what it is. It's got to be thin and crunchy, and that that to me is definitely the test. And that's why this Chicago pizza, this yeah. thick. It's almost like a pie. You know. I didn't it's, enjoy. I was in. I was there. And uh, we it's went. Like we went to a, yeah. We went. To, <laughs> we went to a Yankees White Sox game. I did an audition for a festival out there. This is years ago. And then we had the deep dish, and I really yeah. wasn't like after like two slices, I almost felt more sick than I did like like he, today. We ate. No, it's like you're hiding something under all that thickness, is what it is. You yeah, gotta get that yeah. Thin, crunchy slice, and then 
good tomatoes. Look at us. We just had oil, four. Yeah. Good cheese. Maybe some basil and then the ingredients. And that's what it should be. <laughs> The passion, the passion of this is you guys can feel it through. You guys can feel it. Major problem. That's great. No, but think about it. We just ate four pieces each at Grimaldi's, and we feel. feel Look at us. Look at us. We got energy. You can hear it. Yeah, it's like caffeine. Normally, food you you feel like you need to to hit the bed and lay down, and you're lethargic. (laughs) I could. I'm ready to go right now. Oh man, that's great. Talking to you about food is so exciting. Like I feel like if I talked to you before, like next time I have a steak dinner, I'm gonna call you a half hour before. You better. And just start talking steaks. Oh, definitely. And then you're probably oh, going to yeah. be like, let's go. For sure. Let's for go. Sure. Are you getting that porterhouse? <laughs> you better not get anything but the porterhouse. Uh, you're a porterhouse guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, the truth is I like a good filet, but I, we were talking about Peter Luger's. Yeah, if you go there, you have to get the porterhouse and, you know, you get the, the filet yeah. and the chop. But, I, I, of course, good porterhouse. So, people, uh, all you listeners out there, if you come to New York and you want to find out where the pizza is, you got Frank Pepe's. Um, in Yonkers, there's also one in New Haven, Connecticut, right. which the is original probably, was the original Haven, is in New now Haven. Now they're expanding, and the one in Yonkers was also that was a pretty good day when I found it. Right, and then Defar, as he said, which is in Brooklyn, in Midwood, Brooklyn, Midwood, Brooklyn, and then the third one is in um, Ruberosa, which Ruberosa is in Soho, in, Soho uh, in the city. So check those out. Um, we just had some pizza, so uh, and these guys and I know met their your family. These guys, yes, nice. yes, and and Dave got to meet my my boy and He's uh, great. and my wife. We had a great time. And um, so here we are doing the podcast, and I'm so glad you're on because there's a lot of things that I want to talk to you about um, pertaining sure. to comedy, pertaining yeah. to, to all that stuff. Let's do it. Uh, first, let me just uh, I want to thank I want to thank um, Joe Matarese and also uh, Cringe Humor for f- uh, helping me and get me over to Mystic, Connecticut with my family. We were there uh, last week, and I have to say it was awesome. Uh, it was the first time I found out in that area of actually mm-hmm. Mystic. Right. Like, they've had a comedy club there, but in the area that I was in, they said it was actually one of the first times they've done a comedy night um, since Chris Rock was first on Saturday Night Live as a really no young cast member. So what was what was going on there before that? What um, they normally do? I guess, I guess they said, like, some people that were regular, like, mystic people that have uh-huh. boats there and live, they said that. They were like, man, I can't believe you guys came because this has really never been done here oh, wow. for a long time. Well, that's great. Uh, there were over 100 reservations. The stage, well, you're on stage looking at the crowd, and behind you is water and boats going by. It was really, really nice. Uh, they put me up in the Jimmy Carter. I talked about this on my Facebook. They put me up in the Jimmy <laughs> Carter room. Okay, now, it was funny. I pull up to the hotel, and I'm going, this doesn't look, this doesn't look so good. I'm like, you know, I know this is in Mystic, and there's water here, and there's a drawbridge and everything, but this doesn't look, you know, like it's going to be a nice room. So I'm going, man, if I'm out here with my wife and son, and this is a fucking shithole, like, I'm going to be pissed. So we pull up, and my wife stays in the car with the baby. I go there. The lady gives me the keys, and I just looked at her, and I go, is it a nice room? And I'm waiting for her to go, it's all right, uh-huh. you know, and she goes, Oh, she gives it's like a look. quaint town, right? It's a quaint town, and it doesn't look like the the the, the whole building was more than two stories. So right. Like, how nice can this be? It's by the water, very vacationy. So I'm going. Ah, it's gonna be a regular room. And she goes, Oh no, this is really nice. This is deluxe. As a matter of fact, this is where President Jimmy Carter stayed when he was here. And I'm going. <laughs> oh, this in the no, no. She goes, No, that room is the Jimmy Carter room. This so, is the place that the Ayatollah called Jimmy <laughs> Carter, 1979. <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, all right. So I tell my wife, I think Excited. we got a good, we got a good one. We go in the place. Square footage wise, not huge. Right. But fucking incredible. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Love that. Oh yeah. Fireplace with a remote awesome. built in the bedroom. 
with the AC on. We didn't give a fuck. We oh. had the fight. Yeah, we had the, the flat screen in this little com- compartment that you open. There was a desk. It was like old school. Like it, it was like old wood, but redone mm-hmm. new. It was fucking really, really nice. It had a little presidential feel. Right. You know, it was just it was refined. Yeah, it just had that feel. Um, bathroom was unbelievable. Okay, I went on. A, I went on. A, I actually text. I texted Dave this because they laugh because I, I I use the word epic when something is epic, f- yeah. unbelievable, epic, unbelievable, incredible. So I I wake up in the morning and um, we after the show the show went great. As a matter of fact, the show went so good they said they're gonna do it once a month now in Mystic and cringe humor. Well, they want to book it. It's on. So it was a home run. We'll all be there. And then the next day we went to Mystic Seaport with the baby. Went on his first boat ride. We made a little boat. They had this place you pay $5. They could make a boat. Nice. Uh, and we went to the aquarium. We saw the fish. You know, he got psyched. We saw the Nemo fish, and he just stayed in front of it the whole time. It was just like he just, him and Nemo had it like there. Like, he's like, this is Nemo. This is the coolest thing ever. That's a great um, family weekend. So it was a great family weekend, great show. And um, Did your wife come to the show? Also? I woke up. She couldn't because the baby. Right. Yeah, no she couldn't because, right. So she was there with the baby. Apparently, right when I knocked on the door, she had just put him down. And then the next day, we had that great family day. Um... But it's funny. I woke up in the morning and I'm going. There's no way I'm not taking a bath in this thing. You could. There were like stairs in the thing, so it's this deep. It's just this fucking deep jacuzzi. Like an thing. old one, or was no, it a new? No, it was like new. Okay. And it was like deep, yeah. and it had the jets. With the jets on the with side. With the jets in the no two jets, one in the front of you, one in the back of you, and you just and it and it was it's the best. and it was powerful. So I'm like walking around the bathroom naked like I'm a king. <laughs> like I, I swear to God, all, the only thing I was missing was somebody feeding me grapes. That's I just if somebody was feeding me grapes uh-huh. on demand, that's how I felt. So I told my wife, "We're out of here." This is the t- morning too. This is the morning. Yeah, and I'm up early because the <laughs> baby was up. up. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there. The jets are going, and I'm laying there. And the first thing I'm thinking of is, "All right, I'm, I got to text some people about this. This is you haven't lived. Read them the text." I, I sent- so I got a text that morning, and I and I love it as you guys know as listeners, Paul. Paul, what I love about Paul, as I've gotten to know Paul, is that he's so overexcited. But it's not fake overexcited. It's just that's the way he is. He's very excited. Things he describes, he likes to describe and, and really live in the, in the moment and make it as great as possible. You all know that probably from listening. So I get this text. Uh, by the way, I was given the Jimmy Carter room at the hotel. He stayed in. You haven't lived until you've taken a bath. In a big jacuzzi tub, an amazing bathroom, fucking epic. So obviously, I'm, I'm cracking up. That was uh, what time was that? That was nine seventeen in the morning, and I love it that at nine seventeen that I've never heard someone describe a bath as epic. And <laughs> and you're not a fan of the word epic. So I was going to say the word epic to me. I I, I don't like the word epic because right. I find it often overused. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, everything is described as epic, this, epic, that. And the definition of epic meaning is that it's epic. You know, it's something that cannot be repeated. It's a once in a, more than a lifetime, in, 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 you know, in a dynasty experience. Right. But right. when you say the word epic, I appreciate it. Because okay. it just, it just. Because you know it's from the heart. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you have an excitement that I, you excite me. It's a, okay. <laughs> it, it makes people around you feel good. So you can say epic as much as you like. Thank you, thank you. All right. And I, I won't be offended and I like it. Okay, good, good. I like it. I like it too. Um, now here's the thing. Dave, Dave is a, um, a half of uh, cringe humor, um, you know, management, uh, entertainment, and cringe. I actually had the pleasure 
of meeting uh, Chris Italia in um, L.A. Right. I've talked about this on the podcast. We hit it off right away, and then I knew that uh, things weren't going to happen until I actually met the other right. half. So I met you, and um, you know, I felt the same way that I did with Chris. Uh, we just kind of hit it off. And, and, and what I wanted to talk to you about on the podcast, because I know that I have a lot of comedian listeners um, and also people that are just interested in how the business works. Um, as somebody... Well, why don't you tell tell the listeners how Cringe how cringe started and how you got involved in, right. in it. Well, Cringe Humor started well before I did with Patrick Milligan. It was run as a website. He was a big Opie and Anthony fan, which, uh, just for the record, I don't like Opie and Anthony, which is funny that it, this is how it all came together. Right. It did. I'm not, not... I don't like Opie and Anthony. I'm a Howard Stern guy. I'm a big Howard Stern guy. But it, Cringe Humor initially was a Jim Norton... Uh, fan site slash Opie and Anthony and for years and it kind of evolved into this relationship of cringe humor and the comics that were associated with the Opie and Anthony show where Patrick was uh, he was talking about them on the site and he was promoting their gigs so this great relationship opened up with a lot of the comedy seller comedians and cringe humor and they kind of grew up together where Patrick was right uh, promoting them and they were promoting cringe humor and this movement of cringe comics uh, comedians that were, you know, talking about their lives, talking about their issues on stage and making it funny and not holding back and being very honest and raw and real. That was the type of comedy that was promoted. Uh, so I, I never really thought of being comedy necessarily, but I used to manage uh, some music acts. I was a hip-hop manager of these uh, underground hip-hop acts. I was a DJ in college. Okay. And then another friend of mine who was a DJ in Maryland uh, another Jew like me, you know, said <laughs> <laughs> Jewish DJs. Yeah, two Jewish DJs <laughs> <laughs> spinning underground hip hop. Like you got to hear this MOB track. It's nasty. It's messed up posse. It's it's, it's bananas. You know, You're right? That's what I was in college. You know, just just listening to Keith Murray and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I, I used to manage some hip hop acts. These guys out of Maryland that are they're pretty good, but. It just didn't work out. Sure. And at that time, I met Chris, and Chris uh, had this idea that he wanted to film a documentary about New York comedy. So we, we did that together, and we filmed a, what we were hoping, intending it for it be, was a show called uh, Misery Loves Comedy, about uh, the lives of comedians and how basically the darkness of their lives and all their their neuroses and their and their addictions is what makes them who they are and what makes them funny. So we were we were following around some of these guys and at the time it was a little bit too dark for what was on television, but so we never really never really mounted to anything at that time. But it also created what is currently cringe humor, which is right. me and Chris and Patrick and Paul Italia, who's Chris's brother. So it created that partnership. Right. And besides that, we weren't able to sell this, and we still have it. I have some good stuff from it. We, we wanted to take the cringe humor model and move forward with it and say, how can we package this, our ideas of what we believe in and the comedians that we care about, and start producing stuff with them. Right. So, so and then, that's how I got involved with cringe humor. That's how you got involved. No, that's, that's interesting. And, and um, you know, one thing that you, got, that you mentioned there, and I think it's, it's really... Um, I think it's really motivating for comedians that really want to get good. And what you said is you guys are into the comedy and um, why I, I feel very honored to be a part of the Crunch Humor family and, and be a client is that the honesty 
of the comic is I could tell. See, this is what I got from 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 you guys and and from cringe humor. Cringe humor is about the artist and the art of comedy first, um, and that when you feel that as an artist, that's really cool like of course you want to make money everybody wants to make money of course you want acts to to do that but you want the certain there's a lot of funny people out there that i know cringe humor won't go near right um and that that's really cool um because i've noticed my comedy getting more honest as i've grown as a person a, a husband yeah. a father um my dark stuff right. uh you know I feel like there were a couple times I talked to you guys and you guys kind of sensed, you know, you have some shit in there that mm -hmm. you should let out. Right. And when I let it out, I'm starting to notice, holy shit, like this is this is what this is what it is being honest. Right. And, and the cringe humor, you know, uh, roster is, is everybody's talking about is great and stuff. So now here here as as an industry, this is the mm -hmm. question that I have for you, okay? And uh, this is where uh, this is one of the biggest questions in comedy today. And I want to talk about the alternative comedy scene. Uh, you were just in Montreal. I was. And, uh, you know, you, you saw a lot of things in comedy. So uh, you hear comedians talk about it, okay? And nerd you, comedy. You, yeah, nerd comedy or awkward <laughs> comedy. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you hear a lot of people talk about it. Right. As an industry, as somebody who goes and looks for somebody you're either going to potentially sign or just somebody you can work with or the type of comedy you want, what is your take on what what is the direction and the state of comedy from what you've seen in the past in the past you know few years or since you've been in, involved? Well, you know it's it's interesting. It's definitely the the popular. I wouldn't say popular, but what what industry is looking for, or I don't even know if it's what's industry is pushing or what's being pushed towards industry you know is definitely these alt acts these guys who are they want to say that you know you're different i want i'm looking for something different and i can if i can capture that that's what i want to put on television that right. this, this quirkiness or this weirdness and it's it's an interesting direction because they are uh in my opinion i think a uh, I think it's bad. It's bad for for comedy, which isn't to say that one alt comic can't be good. I get you know there's a Zach Galifianakis. There's a place for there's a place like for it that. somewhere. Yeah, something like that. But you know when it comes to stand up, I just think it's watering down what's good stand up, and that's what we really care about. Is that we're we're kind of purist, I guess, cringe humor. Yeah. And what we believe in, and what we what we like. Yeah. Uh, it's not you know it's not just what we believe in, but what we think is good comedy and what makes good art and what makes someone creative and that what's so great about art the art of comedy is that you know the ability to take your life and dissect it and put it on stage and make somebody laugh yeah. that's something that no one else really does in that way with words to right. take something dark and authentic and original and personal and to really expose yourself and and to have a crowd laugh that's an artist i i agree 100 percent, and I, I just think that uh with the whole alternative thing um i don't think it's fair 100 percent, to show up to a room where anything and everything is accepted yeah and it's... and it's almost like a little bit of like you know it's easy like i came up in rooms where like they were literally and i've talked about this many times i was the only white guy in this the only white soul right. and 250 black audience members you better be funny now right. and and you know and, and but, yeah. but funny wins it's like showtime with the apollo you yeah. know if you suck we're gonna boo you and you're gonna be taken off the stage yeah and i feel like a lot of the <laughs> right and i feel like a lot of these all acts 
because they're different, because they're a little strange or off, it's almost like, you know, not having that. Like, here's my question. What happened to having that charisma? Or what happened to having that star quality where you just, like, feel this person's presence and they're just right. funny and all that stuff? Now it just feels like it's not there. Well, I, I, also, I don't think it's necessarily that there isn't charisma right. in uh, the alt rooms because I actually think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for charisma. And they're looking for so that I see what you're alone. saying. So, so it's more like it's, it's instead of substance. It's only charisma and right. no, no substance. And the audiences are looking for charisma, and they're willing to laugh at that without the punchline. That's what I think, is that if okay, you're that weird and you're different and you captivate me on stage and, and, and you're, I don't get you, I don't think this is what's supposed to be funny, or but I'm going to laugh because I'm almost uncomfortable or, or you're... you're you're projecting yourself as humorous, but there's no punchline involved, but you're different. And that's being rewarded, I think. Okay. I that's think... my opinion of it. Now, now um, I heard from a lot of different people, the Montreal Comedy Festival this year uh, had a different feel than, than other years, and that it was just um, just different characters up there. It, was, it seemed, I mean, did you get that? Yeah, or? you know, like uh, there was one guy, his name was uh, Johnny, I can't remember his name, but he went up in full character as a nerdy white guy who, who talks hip-hop, who talks gangster, he talks street, and, you know, he's overly thin and very hipster, nerdy looking, but everything out of his mouth came out was, you know, very, very hip-hop and very street. And that, yeah. and that was, you know, you're... How far could this go? You know, how and that's the thing is how far can it all was he funny or no? It? No, it was terrible. It was insultingly <laughs> unfunny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! It was so, insultingly unfunny. Yeah. So, but he was in Montreal. He was in Montreal. So, and I and I, you know, to the credit of some of the guys in Montreal, they're honest about what they say they're promoting, and they don't. They don't try to defend it as, you know, th this is what they like, and they and they say this is what it is, and if you're not that, then, then you're right, not going to fit I, into this Because there, there are many people who have auditioned for Montreal that did very well, mm -hmm. and they say, listen, you're just not, what you are is not what this, this we're trying to right. push right now. But what I did take from it, and I, and I do get it, is that charisma is important. So, yeah, when I, when I was saying charisma, I just meant more of like... Um, I guess charisma and funny. Like, I, I feel like you need to have a star quality and be funny. And yeah. back in the day, that was what really pushed you. Right. You know, exactly. back in the day, yeah. it was like you had the total package. You're just funny. This guy funny was a star. Is funny. Yeah, this guy was a star. He was charismatic. He had that star quality. When he walked in a room, you felt his presence. Right. And he was fucking hilarious. Right. Those are the guys. Now it's not, not. It's not acting funny. It's being funny. It, right. It's, it's being funny. Now yeah. it feels like you don't need the whole package. Right. You don't. I, and I, I agree. And, and I also think that. With a lot of this is that these these uh, alt acts or just comedians in general right now don't look at themselves as as uh, a big picture. They get they get uh, fifteen minutes yeah. or, or less five minutes audition tape. They've nailed it, and then they get these great careers. And it's kind of being um, it's kind of being cultivated in these alt rooms right now. Yeah. That's a great you know, point because Chris, I remember Chris was telling me something not too long ago and he says, one thing that cringe does and one thing that you guys are really looking 
looking for is you look for the guy five to ten years down the road where they're going to be and where you think they can be and what's going to be the big picture, right. not just a guy who's, you know, yeah, it's now, not, it's right now. It's not that one joke. It's that what is your message and, yeah. you know, what, what are you trying to say? Who, who are you as a comic? And that's something that you should be able to say, this is going to work 10 years from now, and that, and that there's something that can develop from that. Not, sure. Not this sure. is one act. Like, I, I've, I have an act, and yeah. it works. Right. It's, I am a person, and this is my voice, yeah. and this is something that I can develop over time, and it's going to grow. It's, um, you know, it's amazing because, and this is unbelievably interesting stuff. Uh, thank you so much for the input, and it's, it's, it's killer. And I know the comedians that are listening to this right now because um, I'm a part of cringe and, and working on that honesty and growing, and I'm listening to you and I'm going, wow, like these guys see things, and, and that's why they are the, you know, the industry that you are. And it's, it's funny because now that I'm growing and I'm being more honest, I'm seeing, holy shit, like this is touching people in a way, because I've always said there's one thing about being funny, yeah, and then there's one thing about being a good comedian. Right. It's, it's totally two different things. Sure, I was absolutely. funny from day one. Yeah. When I got on the microphone from day one, or maybe not day one because I didn't have anything written. I went to an open mic. But when I, when I started to really go down and do things, I just wanted to be funny. Sure. You but get now, that timing down and you, you know how to get the audience yeah, to laugh yeah, and that makes you, oh, you kill. Yeah, yeah, you kill. Right. And you think, oh, I'm doing this. And right. then only in the past two years will I say, and especially now where I'm like, even the newest stuff I'm doing, I'm watching people look at me talk about my son and my wife and my dark thoughts and all of these crazy things and I'm just like holy shit when you could kill with that right. and I think the, the, the number one thing here uh, it's a very sad thing about Mike DiStefano but he was a, he was the definition of a cringe humor Absolutely. comic and he yeah. was talk about getting dark and going to a dark place and being funny mm -hmm. to take the funny I mean that guy was hysterical and the thing he was hysterical about was very was, was, was painful very painful yeah and, and yeah. that's what you guys really you guys look for some Somebody that that is, is so I, I would say that the cringe humor brand is really about raw, honest from the heart, and hysterical together. Yeah, that's that, it. It's that, it's exposing that, yourself. This is the person I am. This is my point of view, and I'm gonna make you laugh and telling it. And not be afraid. And, to and not be, be afraid to tell about the you know the dark, <laughs> twisted shit that's going on in your head. Yeah, because everyone's thinking it, and, and you know don't be afraid, afraid to, to say, say it. it. Yeah, no, that's I. You know what? I think the good thing about you guys, and one thing why. Um, I said, and I did tell Chris this in L.A., you know, they were talking to other, you know, where I eventually wanted to be. When I found out what you guys are about and how you, you, you know, you look for people, it's nice that you guys weren't looking for the, you know, because somebody like me, I'm more of a, of a masses type comic. Yeah. I'm not a big, you know, wearing a huge, although I have a beard now, I don't have a huge beard. and. <laughs> well, that's what I tell you. If you really want to make it in this business, you, you better grow that beard yeah, out. Yeah, grow the big glasses. <laughs> But you guys are you guys are the purists, like you said. You guys yeah. want to say let's let's just have somebody you know funny and honest and raw and see where they're going to grow and what they can be. Yeah, I want to I want to look at someone and go. I I know that 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 person has something inside them that that's where this is coming from. You know that's that's, that's me. Refreshing. What I want to see is that I see a person in that in that in that material and that, and then when that gets off stage, you know I see where it's coming from as well that it's. That there's a real person up on stage, and that they have that craft to take that and captivate an audience. That's great. That's, that's, great. that's you know what I'm. I, I think that's great. You that's... know, and, and I get it. And I also think that sometimes maybe people think that cringe humor is about going for that above limits. You know, pushing limits. Yeah, and that's really boundaries. not right. Not at all. You know, there's plenty of comics who I think that's all they do is they say, "Let me find the grossest thing," and and craft that into a joke, and and kind of 
freak out the audience. That's what I guess is the definition the, the, of the word cringe, kind of. But that's to us, that's or to me, you know, that's that's, that's not that's, no, it's not what that's that's not what it's about. Well, I remember when I was younger and I was like maybe six, seven years ago in the business, I was only doing it three, four years, and I yeah. would see a cringe humor poster outside a comedy club, and I would see the names on it, you know, Rich Voss and Jim Norton and right. Patrice O'Neill, and I'm like, these guys want. You know, I don't know if these guys just want shit. Like, I'm not, like, shocking. I'm not... I didn't know. Because the right. name cringe... And a lot of people have said, like, oh, is cringe, like, really... Yes. No, it's not... It's not it, shock it's, comedy. It's, it's not shock comedy, and it's not just going up there and saying something to make people go, oh, my God, you know, cringe, humor. It's really not. It's just more of, holy shit, like, that's the rawest, honest right. thing, but it's being real. Yeah, and, and look at the greatest comedians that, that have ever been. You start back from Lenny Bruce to Richard Pryor and George, Carlin. Yeah. And all these guys... Uh, you know Eddie Murphy or any of these guys were telling their stories of their lives, um, you know, and, and and there was a dark side to it. Bill Hicks, these guys were, were we would say these are cringe comics, you know, right. they were just exposing the, their their lives and and exposing the dark side of things. Maybe Eddie Murphy wasn't as dark. He seems to be. Good. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, I mean, I got to be honest, man. Being part of that family and being added on was was means a lot to me, and and uh, I love what you guys represent, and I'm, I love to be a part of it, and it actually helped me because it's letting me know, hey, listen, you know, you may you may say something right now that's gonna make people go, hey, man, that's like really like, wow, honest, like yeah, no, like, it's, it's you know, been but, exciting working with you. It's, you know, I think the listeners probably know that you're 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 great to be around. Oh, and, thank you, and man. You bring excitement, well, likewise, and, and enthusiasm, and a work ethic, and you care about it, and you and you also are very dedicated to this idea of of finding your voice and to yeah. talking to to what you believe is your truth. Right. I'm. I'm. You know what's funny is as a comic, and a lot of comics go through this. I'm not happy getting a laugh now, if it's if it's a laugh that's like. Like, when I get the laugh of saying something that's yeah. like, holy shit, man, like he just talked about from his heart, and that was real, and it kills, I leave the set thinking of that. Right. Not something that was like, yeah, that was funny, yeah, but like, yeah, that, was, exactly. that was that was any that's comic what, funny. Of course, and, and, and anybody can, can make someone laugh, but what's the value of that laugh? Right. You know, there's, there's plenty of things that will make you laugh. Like Mike DiStefano said, you know, farts are funny. I could stay home and fart and laugh my head off. Right. But I'm not going to tell a joke about a fart because right. I got something more to say. You know, that's you got something more to yeah, say. Yeah, that's funny already. That's I don't need great... to come to a comedy club and, and tell you about a fart. Funny. Right, right. So, uh, that's such I think a I brilliant... misquoted him, but no, but, you know, that's you a... the point of no but that's such a brilliant thing to say because it's like the obvious being funny and doing that as a comic, that's not that impressive. Right. It's doing something that you don't think you would find funny. Right. And and, and you do that's, that's Yeah, sure. Exactly. Like you could tell a fart joke and it may and it's gonna laugh, but what's the you know, what's the uh well, yeah. at the end of the day, how how good do you feel about your joke? How good do you feel about that laugh? That's that's it, you and know? that's that's what changes. Yeah, and the Big J was doing his one man up in Montreal, uh, and and he was telling how he. How was that? How did that go? I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good show, and he's working on some other things revolved around his crazy life, where he used to when he was just starting up as a comic. He would drive around uh, strippers at night, and then the same company in the morning. He was dressing up as like Barney, and and going to kids parties. Uh, so he, at the time, he was saying that you know, in his act, his killer, and he would always go to it was he's a big heavy set guy. Uh, he would take off all his clothes and he'd be in this g-string, and the crowd would go nuts for it, you know. And it was his killer. But he realized that eventually, yeah. you know, he got in front of crowds that were a little bit smarter, and they were like, well, you know, what the fuck is this guy doing in his yeah. underwear? What a clown! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's and you. I think as you evolve, 
in this business, you do a joke and that you don't appreciate yourself. Yeah. I've gone into a bit and I've literally started to talk about it and I'm and in my mind I'm going, why the fuck am I doing this? Right. And it's like that sensor now mm-hmm. where you're like, no, 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 that's not what we're trying to do here, Paul. Yeah. What we're trying to do here is something special and different. Get away from this. Yeah. And and that's that. Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's, that's probably my biggest criticism of the alt scene is I just think that their material lacks substance. And I guess there's a place for, you know, goofiness and whatever, but it's being, it's, it's, it's washing out that pure sense yeah. of what comedy should be. And I just don't enjoy it at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, man, that segment was probably one of the, uh, one of the most interesting and best segments I've ever had on the Verzi oh, Effect, awesome. honestly. Thanks, like, man. that was really... I'm happy we got to do this. this. No, this, this is, that was fucking riveting for me. And I'm sitting here listening to you talk, and it's like you're an industry person who sees comedy all the time. And, uh, you know, hope any young comics out there listening to this, man, that, that's, that's what really is, is the next level type stuff. And, and that's what, what I'm trying to do. So um, check out Cringe Humor. Check out the Cringe Humor website. Um, you can, you know, you can read up about them and see, you know, see everything, see, uh, who's on, who's on the roster. It's, uh, it's a good, good roster. Yeah, it's growing and, and it, it's, it's, it's getting strong and it's, uh, we're very happy with everybody and there's a real family feel to things and that's, that's what it's about is, you know, being proud of, of, of what who, you're, who you're working with and what you're working on. Yeah. Who represents you and like, it's like every, we all grow together, man. Yeah. That's what it's about. Um, so Dave is also, um, you know. Something that I am, and that's a, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right into this segment. Movies. He's a, a gigantic movie buff, like I am. Love he movies. will, he will go to the movies alone, like I do in the middle oh, yeah. of the night. I don't need someone sitting next to me to no, see a movie. No, no. Plus, you don't talk to them during the no, movie what's anyway. What's the point? You yeah. know, I've had people go. You go to the movies alone. That's weird. Why? Yeah. I don't understand. Like, oh, I really want to see this movie, but I can't get somebody to go with me. What's the difference? Go yeah. see the movie. Yeah. It's dark. It's loud. <laughs> that's all it is. If you're talking, shut the fuck up. You shouldn't be talking anyway. But <laughs> exactly. you need to look over and smile and right what are you gonna do you're not gonna, down yeah that's yeah that's ridiculous that's why we get moments like this where we can talk about the we, movies I- exactly and and what i do um i'm sure you're familiar well i have the movie segment what i do is if i have seen a new release either in a theater or on dvd i talk about it on 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 the on the movie segment and for the third week in a row everybody i'm giving you another one i happened to see and this was not by coincidence two days ago i i saw fright night the new vampire movie remake of the 1985 cult film uh, uh, Fright Night who was um, this year or this this release starring Colin Farrell playing the the head vampire right. and I find out uh, yesterday when I talked to Dave I said oh I'm going to be reviewing Fright Night on the podcast and he says no way I'm going to see it at 10 o'clock yeah coincident so, co- completely co- coincident I have my tickets already purchased yeah this is not this is not a plus <laughs> so this is even even more perfect for the show now what do you think of it I really liked it. I'm, uh, I'm, I love horror. To me, okay. I, I love all movies, yeah. but I am one of those guys who I just love horror films. I get it in all its different genres. And to me, it was it, it just hit. It was a lot of fun. Right. It was gory right from the beginning. The first scene right out the gate. Well, see, that's what I liked about it. It wasn't one of these. A lot of people said, oh, it's it's like the movie Disturbia, but with a vampire. No, it's no, not. because not at all. Because Distur- this was a classic horror movie. Yeah, this, this, was, a, this was basically... This shit goes down right away. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, the neighbor yeah. is a fucking vampire, mm-hmm. and the shit's going right. down. And I thought he did a good job of even with his creepiness. Oh, Colin Farrell was great. And I, I don't like Colin Farrell. And we were saying also, I saw uh, Horrible Bosses, and he was great in that. I I, 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 I thought he's, he's been really... And he was great in this, too. He was just creepy. 
and he was very confident and he's and and, and he was this this neighbor immediately says I'm here to fuck with you. Confident is a great word because he had this like yeah he had this arrogant and you know what was cool you know the way they say you can't invite you a vampire can't come in unless you invite him. Right. One one of the cool scenes in the movie was when he asked if he can get some beers because he had a girl oh, coming excellent. over yeah and then his feet were like right at the tip of the door and the kid dropped a beer and. Instantly, he like like a little kid. Like, oh, can I help you with that? Yeah. Can I help you with that? Because he wanted to get in so bad, right. and the kid knew. See, that's the one thing that I thought was really cool and creepy about it. The kid knows the whole time, and oh yeah, Colin Farrell knows he knows. Yeah, it, it was in the first twenty. I mean, you know immediately there was about, and I think a lot of movies do this. They they build the suspense around when's it finally first going to happen? When's you know when's something scary going to happen? Or when's this going to evolve? And they build up that moment. And like you said, from the beginning, first scene. Someone gets killed within the first five minutes, which oh, was yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, he, I, I think I love that you know it's him, but when he goes into his house, and it wasn't necessarily that you knew right away that he was a vampire, but he walks up right into his house. Am I giving away plot lines? Is that all right on no, this? No, 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 no. Go ahead. <laughs> and when go he ahead. goes into his closet and he's hiding oh, from yeah. him, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's hiding, and there's this secret compartment, and and there's just. And there's people being held captive <laughs> yeah. in there. And that's like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, it's yeah. not that you see him. He is being held. He's holding prisoners yeah. for him to eat in there. And he's still waiting for him to come to home, come. to come after him. Yeah, that's, That was great. That was great. Yeah, no, it was really, it had like a different feel. It was one of those movies that it was like almost like a throwback, but yeah. newer, but done in a newer way. Right, because it was gory and, and it was it had all that. And it also had that sense of what I think a lot of com of, of horror movies, it has a little bit of comedy involved with it. Had, the, it had a com the goofy it, character. Here's the one thing I would change about it. The only thing that I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see, and I understand he was biting their necks to turn them over to vampires. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see a couple of just straight Thrashing. gore. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't enough, like, I didn't I get to see enough, like, right. really you ripping. You want to see his throat just be ripped, ripped. out like, if I would, it from It's so funny that we would have been satisfied. Yeah. People would have been satisfied as viewers with two throat rippings. Yeah. And if I would have saw me that. Me too. It's, I, to me, the best horror movies is more gore the better, and I appreciate I get the, the history of the genre <laughs> where you have that comedy element, but to me, Rob Zombie should consult on every single horror movie. Rob Zombie has that, he, what he does is he makes that, what he did with the Mike Myers thing, right. like he makes it ruthless. Yeah. And, and it, every every horror movie does need that. Yeah. That's great. He should consult on, like, I get it. So there's a, there's a comedy element that's part of the history, and that was more in this, and this was gory and it was fun, and that's, some horrors get that fun side, but... Yeah, like I think you and I probably if the yeah. best horror movie is yeah. is Rob Zombie should be consulting and it should just be dark and vulgar and yeah. guts and blood and no sense of anything but just disgustingness. Yeah, that <laughs> and fear and fear. <laughs> yeah, I want to be legitimately like I can't remember the last time I went into a horror movie and was truly I didn't see Insidious, but somebody told me Insidious was scary. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw. It. I didn't scary? love it. Someone told me it was unbelievably scary. I didn't think it was. That's scary. Oh, because somebody told me that they, it was like the scariest thing they ever saw. I didn't I'm see it. I'm unbelievable because I'm hanging I, I, out with I didn't. <laughs> rubbing off. I'm rubbing off. scary. You have no idea. But was it, was it, was it, was it good or not? I didn't, I, it was good. It wasn't, Great. maybe I was told that it was going to be, I thought I had a little bit of cheesiness involved with it. So I'm trying to be extra special effects yeah, yeah. Um, that I didn't love. Maybe I should go back and watch it. But the last movie that I thought that was really scary and I don't think it was... I don't think a lot of people saw it. Was the, oh god, I can't. I'm gonna blank on the name of this, but it was a, uh, the uh, it was a cruise. It was a. Um, shh, sorry, you're gonna probably have to edit this out because I can't even remember the name of the movie. No, no, sorry. Right. It was. Uh, 
It was a. It was a. It was. Uh, was it recently? Movie. Yeah, it was recent. It was about a small town documentary where the guy goes and he's doing uh, Exorcist, the Last Exorcist. Oh, okay. That's the name good? of the movie. Yeah. Sorry, was, that took see, six good. minutes of me. Nah, dude, are you kidding me? The Last Exorcist. That was a scary movie. Go see that movie. The Last Exorcist. See that first Exorcist scared the shit out of me too. Shit like that. No, 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 no not the last movie. The Last Exorcist. It's called the Last Exorcist. No, 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 no. You, the Last Exorcist is <laughs> yeah. the name of it. It's no, like no, a documentary style. Did yeah. you see that? No, no, no. I saw the coming attraction. And I know, I know that it's cool, but I'm talking about the original Exorcist. See, shit like yeah, that, possessive yeah, yeah. stuff like that, that scares me. Mm-hmm. A guy with a mask, it doesn't scare me unless it's like, like there was one brutal, like the one that Rob Zombie did, there was one brutal killing where Mike Myers just like, I don't know if you remember the part, it was a guy in the truck too. Like the guy in the truck okay, was like, get yeah. the fuck out of the way. Uh-huh. And he just gets out of the truck. And Mike Myers, there's no hesitation. It's just a brutal, and he doesn't stop hitting him. And it's just like, stuff like that is like, wow. Like Rob right. Zombie gives you the Holy kill. Shit. Yeah, Rob Zombie gives Holy you the kill of like, shit. oh what my is god, happening? there's no hesitation yeah, here. Yeah. This is a brutal like murder. Somebody's brains, like you see their head, like <laughs> just falling in on itself. That to me is like, oh my god, this is unbelievable. So you recommend Fright Night? You would say you? Yeah, re- absolutely. Yeah. Fright yeah. Night was really good. It was scary. As f- I like vampire genre too, so yeah, I do yeah. like that. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. I think if you like vampire, I thought Colin Farrell did a great job. He was good. Um, I, I would definitely see it. Um, I and and you told me you saw another movie. I talked about this last week. A crazy stupid love. I saw crazy stupid and love what, on Monday night. And what do you think? It's Wednesday, by the way. So I've seen both these movies. Yeah, this is like. The, yeah, <laughs> but if, next time I have him on, he'll probably have like three new releases. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? I saw crazy stupid love on Monday. I thought it was really good. Great movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Admittedly, single Dave maybe nine months ago would never have seen this movie, but I went with my girlfriend, and uh, I, it was great. I I, yeah. I love the movie. It was very real it felt the characters the acting were great the storyline was good and the end message was really good i love the little kid he was my favorite in the movie yeah he was he was different the and very 13 year old yeah, maybe it wasn't even just him i loved his character his character was really good his character made you feel like maybe like when you were younger like it was you know what they didn't make him a typical they didn't what i like about the character of the kid is they didn't make him like a typical young th- they made they didn't make him look young like they made him look right. like a, he had feelings yeah he was he, a smart 13 year old he, he wasn't a stupid kid he had feelings and, and he was like almost in touch with them yeah and that's i think the point of the movie was that that passion and, and yeah. people losing passion and that ultimately when you fall in love with somebody it's it's really someone who's who has has great passion for life yeah. and this 13 year old kid uh was in love with his babysitter and and he and he didn't give up on it and it was always this was this uh juxtaposition of him as a as a son to a father of parents that were getting a father was getting divorced and it was really good with the relationships of that and i i, I love ryan gosling i think yeah, he's a great he's, underrated actor I, I do too i i was i was joking on here last time i said I'm secure enough in my sexuality to say that that's a great looking guy. Yeah, just because he has abs doesn't mean I can't admire him. And then I said, yeah, and then I said, I said, all right, after the third time during the movie when I was like, all right, this guy's good looking. I go, all right, now it's getting weird. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's pretty gorgeous. He's, the, the movie, but I agree with you. The movie touched home with. It, it, it hit the humor, yeah. Um, but it was real. It was like you know the relationship stuff. It was kind of like I could see how people would get sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I definitely, I'm glad you saw that because I talked about it last time. So. Yeah, my girlfriend cried at the end of it. She was crying, and I had a, I, I'm gonna let it, I had a few tears at the end as well. Yeah, so hey, it was, no, it, was, it was it was good. Any it really movie hit. that any movie that can do that, you know, where you hit everything. Yeah, I think the movie of all time that hits everything as far as crying, sad, 
happy, triumphant. I gotta say, still to this day, as far as Gump, far as far as Gump was like, I there were times I laughed. Yeah. There were times where like you know, and then she was such a she's treated him like shit, and he still like liked her, or then you know, he still loved her, and then just like when his mom died, and she said it was like one of those movies where like it really was, it was a, epic. It right? was it was epic. It was an epic <laughs> emotional. It was that uh, was an epic movie. Yeah, yeah, and the last That's thing. Your favorite movie. No, no, no. That's not my favorite movie. Yeah. But it's one of... It, no. I love Forrest Gump. Actually, Forrest Gump... I wouldn't even put Forrest Gump in my top 25 favorite movies of all time, but I will tell you this. It's as far as touching every nerve. Right. Hitting mm-hmm. every nerve it did. Ups and downs. It hit every... Yeah, ups and yeah. downs. You triumph. I like did that it, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it even threw war in there, threw sports in oh, there, yeah. threw like... History. His, history. So, I, yeah, it was, it was a... That was really good. That, that was a that was a good movie. movie. It's, and it's rewatchable. You can watch that over and anytime, over Anytime. You know, it's one of those movies anytime. Yeah, anytime. Uh, yeah, she treated him like shit. She's, yeah, she uh, was a bitch. <laughs> uh, and I saw, after I saw Fright Night, me and my brother had the movie Limitless, which is with that Bradley Cooper and De Niro about the guy. I have seen this movie. About, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. This guy takes a pill. Now, here's my problem with this one, okay? I love the idea, and I understand yeah. that he could his brain gets so enhanced that financially he kills it, but I just would have liked... It didn't pay off enough. There was no payoff. There was no payoff. It's like, dude, you have a great premise here, okay? Yeah. Like, I would, if you gave me and you that script, right? It, it, there would be at the end, it would be like, holy shit. What was the point of this? Yeah, like the the end of the movie was okay. He's just gonna continue because people who stop taking the pill die. Yeah. We're giving away shit now, but it doesn't matter. If you didn't see this movie, too fucking bad. You yeah, should yeah. have already. Yeah, no, yeah, because it just came out on, on DVD. Or fast forward to three minutes after this. Your choice. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but he takes a pill. He's okay. He's this loser guy. He looks like he's he's a, he got a book deal. He didn't write right. one page in months. He looks like a homeless guy. His girl leaves him. He his girl leaves him because she's like, dude, you're doing nothing. And like they kind of film it grungy and gritty when he's down. He meets his. Uh, he finally bumps into his ex brother in law, who's a drug dealer. Gives him this free pill and says, yeah, this is new revolutionary stuff. Just try it. This one's on the house. He does it. He writes a fucking book overnight. Right. The pill gives you capacity to use 98% of your brain, and apparently we're only using like 10% 10%, or something like that. Right. So his brain, like everything opens up. Like he can even talk himself out of jams, all this stuff. And he had this great idea, and then he decides to forget being an author. I'm going to go to the stock market. He ends up killing it on the stock market. And then I understand there's people that are kind of after him, and certain things happen. I don't want to give the whole thing away. But just at the end, it was like, I think you could have gone so much bigger with that. Yeah. The yeah. payoff was that, yeah, I can be smarter than you. That was it. And fuck you. You know, it was almost like, yeah, this right. drug works. That's exactly. And I'm smarter than you because of it. And everyone else is going to have to get out of my way. Right. And I'm going to just continue to take right. it. And if that's what it did, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. Uh, don't go out of your way to get it on DVD, but if you have nothing else to watch, um, I'm not going to say it's a horrible movie. No, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. worth watching. It was, it, it's worth watching. It's entertaining. I just think it could have been a bigger payoff. So, um, Fright Night, Crazy Stupid but Love, Limitless, though, check right? them out. Yeah. You know, you got to give it a chance and, and you get entertained and sometimes you say, did I like it or did it? Did it not, did it not, uh, you know, really do it. it. Yeah. Some movies need to like, I can't remember the last time I was blown away. Like, I mean... Everyone keeps on telling me to go see The Help. With that movie is... Yeah. Everyone says, you got... My I, mom... Three people have told me that this is an Oscar movie. My mom uh, My mom read the book, and yeah. she said, I gotta go see... She yeah. said, the book was so good, I gotta go see it. Yeah, my aunt, um, who's never emailed me, ever emailed me yesterday saying, I have to go see this movie, so... Uh, okay, yeah, so I think... I'm gonna go see it. I think, I think I'll see The Help. Okay, we are moving on now um, to sports, and um, not... not Again, I mean, baseball is is still kind of there's so many damn games that baseball is like whatever. Are you a big baseball so, fan? I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, but I got to be yeah. honest with you, man. 
And the past two years, I've really kind of, I mean, I go, I see the Yankees play, but I'm just, I don't know what it is. I don't know since, like, you know, the Knicks made a splash and I'm right. back into that. I'm not as nuts about baseball anymore. Yeah. Just with, the, you know what, 162 games. It's ridiculous. It's just so many games. That's like, what I mean. You go to a game in June and it almost means nothing. Yeah. You could be 10 games out of first place in June and, like, you're like, ah. It's the worst. You know, so, so whatever. And it's three hours a day. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big Mets fan. That's what I grew up as a Mets fan, going to see Mookie Wilson and those guys. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we know the state of the Mets right now. And it's kind of changed the way I, I feel about sports. And like what you were just saying, I, I don't have three hours a day, 162 days right. to waste and yeah, like, not and not and no payoff at all. Yeah, and isn't it amazing that there are some people that every game 162 oh, yeah. and they're fucking breaking Spring down the training, pitches. They're flying down yeah, to Florida. Yeah, and they're breaking down the pitches and it's like, listen, I understand. I mean, I understand that you know you like the sport, man. Mm-hmm. But come on, but this is actually cool because this sports segment, um, we're both Dave and I are both sports fans, but we um, we have all different teams. I'm Yankee, you're Mets. I'm, Mets I'm fan. Giants, you're Jets. But I'm admittedly not really a baseball fan anymore, just because right. of that reason. Right, right, because of that reason. But yeah, the um, Mets are my team. I'm a Knicks fan. Are you a mm-hmm. basketball Nets fan? Nets fan. You're a Nets fan. Okay, I'm a Jersey guy. Um, so now this is what I wanted to ask you. The 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 New York Jets have a loud mouth coach. Yeah. Okay. And um, I know that some people say the guy needs to win. He likes feet too. You know, and he likes feet. Yeah. <laughs> he he yeah he's a foot fetish loud mouth guy. The guy's just you know what what can you say about Rex Ryan? But here's the thing. He's a man. Does he? Does his predictions and his him saying well we're gonna do his as a matter of factly way of right. saying we're gonna win it does as a to a to a Jets fan does that ever get old to you? Well. Or or are you like I like it, but I just want him to pay. I mean, you have been to two AFC championships. Yeah, the truth is, he, he he's he's lived up to what he said. He, yeah. he just believes, and it's been ups and downs. And if you looked at the Jet seasons, it's been kind of just squirming into the playoffs. Really, that one year we, we got in nine and seven and just made it in, and this exploded yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, but and last year we got to the we got to the championship. But you know, for a guy to coach two years and make it to the AFC championship he, he just has that belief and he's right you know i gotta be honest when he first started talking at the mouth and just like well just talk you know just just spewing out all kinds of shit yeah, people don't like, want to hear a coach say i know we're going to the super bowl like when he first started doing that i was just like all right man but then After i gotta be loss, honest i gotta would be, lose and say we're going to the super bowl yeah that's what it was it was almost like his defiant little right. kid way of saying but i have to be honest with you i actually i saw him do something this preseason um, just in an interview. I don't really watch preseason, but he was on ESPN. And the way he was just, you know, we can't play like that. We need to get better. Bottom line is this. Bottom line is that. And I was just like, you know, this is a guy's guy. Yeah, he yeah. talks a lot of shit, but you know what? It's part of his deal. And um, I actually like him. You know, right. I like him. I'm a Giants fan, but I like Rex Ryan. And, you know, the Jets have put together some. I'm actually interested to see what Plaxico Burris does because I think he's going to be decent for you I guys. think he's going to be great this year. I, I did think, you, did I, you watch I think, that, uh, yeah, that I game did. last and weekend? I, I, I got to tell you something. I watched him as a Giant in some big games Monster. leading up to the Super Bowl. And people forget, man, what that guy did in, in Dallas, you know, uh, he didn't go that crazy in, in, in uh, Green Bay. But what he did in Dallas, and he made some big plays for us. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great addition. And I think a guy like Rex Ryan is going to help a guy like right. that. You know, be like, oh, you know what? Fuck that. Put that behind you. Now you're a jet. Exactly. Let's do this. You need that. And, absolutely. And, and and people say that that thing about Rex Ryan and the Jets is that he's not uh, disciplined enough and that he's too much of a, you know, a coach's player, yeah. a player's coach. And, and that, you know, guys like Braylon Edwards have had their troubles with police and that that type of environment is what cultivates that. But 
you know, I think at the end of the day, I think there probably is a lot of discipline on that team because, you know, they play and they win. They, they, they believe in themselves. How many times? I think it takes a coach like Rex Ryan to take a team that's down and win. And the Jets are like the comeback team. They, you think they're going to lose the game. See, and they come back and they just still... Because they have a guy like him who says it doesn't matter. Right. We're going we're gonna to keep on pushing and we're still in this. And I believe in you. And they take that on the field, and they show it. That's why a team like that's nine and seven can beat the Patriots and go to the go to the championship game. Right, right. And you know, but you know what's funny about Rex Ryan is, I think his fatness, and yeah. I know like his fatness and the way his body just shakes. Yeah. It's kind of like he almost is like he reminds you of like that out of shape relative who's yeah. over the house. Right. And he just talks shit. Right. But he like, actually, how would you know? You yeah, don't. You could yeah. never like, do this. Like if Rex Ryan wasn't a football coach right. and he talked like that, you would be like, "Where the yeah, fuck? Right. Why aren't you a sh- like behind a counter at a pizzeria or yeah, something?" You have six chins. <laughs> yeah, you. You j- could barely fit into a car. <laughs> yeah, your your neck jiggles like you just look like you just don't have your shit together. Yeah. And but the guy knows the game. I love him. You know, and and you know what? He, he thrives on defense, which is awesome. So um, I like a shit talker in general, though. I always have. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's always frowned upon that you're supposed to act professional and all this stuff and you got to look for the kids and, and you have to be a role model. I've always loved flashy players. Yeah. I've always I, loved I do flashy too. coaches. I find them fun and entertaining yeah. and I think that they're having a good time and they're making millions and they're playing well and if they can play well and, and, and bring it to the field and then they have fun as well. Yeah. You know, that's great. I've always loved that. I've always been a big Terrell Owens fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People no. think he's crazy, but I'm like, yeah, he's crazy. I know. Yeah, but they make the sport better, yeah, don't they? Yeah, exactly. They, they make it better. I mean, there's just certain certain people out there that uh, that I, I like to see. Yeah. I like the flesh. Yeah. Make, you know what? You catch a, you die for a touchdown, fucking dance. Exactly. Listen, don't now pulling out cell phones and doing all that stuff, that's like, I do understand how people, you know, you don't want to see a kid watch a guy pull out a cell phone, but doing a little dance or showing the excitement. You know, Chad Ochocinco, he's yeah, see, a good I even singer. like the cell phone. I love it. Yeah, the more, yeah. the better. Yo, that's that's like, me, like, though. Yeah, like yeah. Terrell Owens, any, any, I, mean, oh, I don't want that's that chemistry on our team. He shouldn't be on this team. That's, he's bad for chemistry. You say, Bullshit. fuck it, yeah, go with it. it. Yeah. Good. All right, Pain. all right. <laughs> all right, man. So that that's going to be sports, um, just because I don't really, I'm not going to sit here and talk about another month and a half of baseball. Don't. Uh, it's, I have nothing to say. You know, yeah. Uh, I could talk English Prem with you if yeah, you'd yeah, like. No, no. You know, <laughs> let's just talk about what it is Anything we want to... about Arsenal this year? Yeah. That's my team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is me. Weekend sports because I have no time in the week to waste on a, on a game that's going to end up in playoffs anyway for another four weeks. So it's yeah, yeah, Sunday yeah. or Saturday. So English Prem or Jets football on Sunday. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I'll get into the Yankees when it's time. But I, I can't listen to somebody right. in July and August start talking yeah. about what, what the rotation is going to exactly. be. Exactly. I just can't do it. At least know? baseball has has where actually those teams, you know, they're fighting for a spot. Basketball and hockey, everyone makes it anyway. So why am I watching this? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it just depends on what fucking place seed they're going to get. Yeah. Although I will say, I'm waiting. I'm hoping to God that the Knicks. I, I mean, I would take a Knicks championship over the Giants yeah, or Yankees. This is a just basketball. Because this town. is this is. It's been 1973. I wasn't born. Uh-huh. I've been to the Garden when they were. Bad and right. it rocked. Yeah. I can only imagine yeah. what it would be like oh, with towels going. Yeah. I mean, so I really, I really want to see that. Um, we got to go to some games this year. We will. Oh, I'm in. We, we I'm definitely in. will. Come to a Jets game with me. All right. Yeah, I'll do that. I, I'll definitely go to a Jets Great. game. I'll go to a Jets game. 
Um, all right, so now I do a segment on the show, uh, which I've done every week, called Unacceptable. Actually, I missed it. This is great. I missed Unacceptable one week, mm-hmm. so my next week Unacceptable was me missing it. Oh, nice. <laughs> that is unacceptable. <laughs> I said it's unacceptable Get that I missed, I missed my own thing. So uh, we do Unacceptable, and every guest that I've ever had on, uh, they choose what they saw that week, what bothers them that month, whatever you just find that is such a pet peeve where you go, that is fucking unacceptable. Um, the floor is yours, whatever it is, and, uh, and, and take it. Well, I would say what in my mind is unacceptable is I hate when a waiter... Or any restaurant staff <laughs> makes me feel like I'm I'm imposing on them. Like I have to. Do you like, mind if I get this? And they're like, really? I have to get you uh, a fucking water. I came yeah. in here. You're yeah. here. Right. Like, how dare you ask me to get you something? And that was the feeling we had today. We had this yes. asshole waiter yes. who uh, who came over and made us feel like we were wasting his time guy, by ordering the, the food. The guy treated us as if we like. Like like we walked in and said, hey, we just want to let you know before this whole thing goes down, we think you're an asshole. Yeah. That's how he served us. Yeah. Like we, I think at one point Dave said thank you, and at least you got it. Dave got a head nod. I got it. I swear to God, at one point I said thank you. He just continued to put the pizza down, looking pissed off. It was and more away. like a go fuck yourself. Like yeah, I, I, went, I went thanks a lot. And he went like put his you know chin up like yeah. My my wife Smart. goes like my wife was a sweetheart. The guy walked by and she goes, he's got a personality yeah. for a rock. Yeah. Like he just he. This guy, you made a good point. You go, that's why he's on the afternoon. Yeah, that's why he's working lunch. You know what? If I was a real piece of shit or, like, if I was just a little girl, I would have, like, privately called aside his boss and said, you know what? Not for anything. Um, I'm here with with a friend. Um, I'm also here on business with my manager. My wife and son are here. We're trying to enjoy this. And this waiter is fucking making us feel yeah. like we're, we're we're we feel like maybe we shouldn't be here mm-hmm. but i didn't do that we kind of just we kind of just slide. we let it slide we and we let it go it. away but i agree with you fucking unacceptable yeah and, and i don't think either of us are the type of people that that go into a restaurant looking to treat staff like shit you know i i, I appreciate a waitress or a waiter i think it's one of those jobs where they are busting their asses and but you know to, to, to treat you like crap yeah this know. guy was the opposite you know the waiters that are too much they're yeah. like too good. Yeah. They're like, hey, how you doing? Is everything? You can't even take a bite. Like that, I won't call that unacceptable. That's more annoying. This guy was so opposite of even good. This guy looked like, first of all, never once did he come over and say, can I refill your no, drinks? No, that would have been, you know, really imposing if we would have liked to have had an extra water. Or lemonade. <laughs> yeah, no extra drinks, nothing. It was just a burden. And the only time he smiled, he smiled at one other table vaguely. And then when his manager came in, he kind of acted like he it's was. Just up- don't put your misery as a topping on my pizza, basically. Exactly. What it was. You know, exactly. it was awful. Awful. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's unacceptable for the week. If you see a waiter, be the, be the bitches we weren't yeah. and go tell somebody so it doesn't happen to the next <laughs> table. Uh, guys, sorry. This week I am not going to do um, a segment uh, from my fans only because, um, you know, I had uh, David Kimowitz as my uh, guest and we talked about a bunch of stuff. So send, uh, send questions for next week and um, uh, I appreciate you being here. I'm going to do a couple of plugs real quick. Um, I will be... Uh, at Hilarity's Comedy Club uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, from um, August 31st to September 4th. I'm going to be going on a little vacation. Me and the whole family, we're going to go to Ocean City, Maryland for that week. But I got but while I was in the Jimmy Carter suite, I got a phone call. And um, so I'm going to go to Ocean City, Maryland with the family for a couple of days and then head out to Hilarity's. It's a top 10 comedy club. Unfortunately, the city is more depressing than, I mean, empty, abandoned skyscrapers. Uh, LeBron 
leaving could not have helped. So who knows how it's going to be. But the comedy club itself is great. So I'll be there from the 31st to the 4th. Check that out. Also check out uh, paulverzi.com for upcoming um, upcoming uh, announcements and dates. And uh, check me out on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. Uh, that's, the, that's this show. I hope you enjoyed it. David, thank you so much, yeah, man. Yeah, it was great. For, it was for, great being for, on for, for being here. You, you killed it. This is truly, I can honestly it. say, one of, uh, one of the most interesting and best podcasts uh, that, that I've had the pleasure of doing. My I think, honor I think to be you've, part of this. I think you've had a, a really, really good uh, you know, input to young comedians or, or just good. people just people who are really interested in what's going on in comedy. I think you gave them a lot of, a lot of insights. So. Yeah, and, and I will say this also. You know, I, I do... Someone who doesn't get on stage, I respect just getting on stage. I, I know what that takes to, you know, yeah. to take that chance. But yeah, take it to the next level. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I totally appreciate it. So thank you to uh, David Kimowitz from Cringe Humor for being my guest today. Thank you, everybody. Um, until episode uh, number 30, uh, I'm out of here. Uh, send the questions for the next uh, week's podcast. And uh, see you later. Thank you.